0: Sacred rituals and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars, as if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alich, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. How's everyone doing? Welcome back to the podcast. This is Topanga Moon Podcast, the place where we love to talk about the moon, the cosmos, the universe, our soul, spirituality, health, wellness, love, everything. Everything nourishing for the body and the soul. Um, And if you're new to the podcast. Welcome. I'm so happy that you are joining us on this beautiful conversation. It was such an amazing experience to have Vanya of Astro Bloom on today's podcast episode. And we did an in-person interview and it was Incredible to be there energetically in person in her beautiful backyard, surrounded by flowers and her garden, and just soaking up the summer energy and having a really in depth, lovely, amazing, spiritual, like incredible conversation. Um, that I can't wait for you to hear on today's podcast. Um, I just want to see how everyone's doing. How are you feeling? How is your soul? And just a reminder that we're all here for a reason. You all have a special, unique gift that is to be shared with the world and to keep going and to have faith and to have just... love in your hearts and compassion and to continue on in this soul journey that we're all on. If you ever want to reach out and chat with me directly, I'm always here. And I always love hearing from everyone who tunes into the podcast. And I'm, you know, so if you want to send me a message or an email, please do. I would love to hear from you. Um, I also have some beautiful summer meditations on my website. If you are loving the one that I shared two weeks ago for the new moon, you're going to love the summer meditations that I have. They're really cool. They take you on a journey in a coastal beach town, and then there's another one for the full moon, Um, and just that dreamy space, um, which is great for just before you go to bed and they're just wonderful journeys through meditation I call them storybook meditations because you really feel like you're transported to a place in these meditations and they help um, activate your manifestations as well so check those out if you haven't So on today's podcast episode, I have a beautiful interview for you today and if you love everything lunar astrology and the moon and our connection to the moon. We go deep into this one and it is such an inspiring conversation with Vanya, my new friend. She is the creator of Astro Bloom, where she merges her love of lunar astrology, astro herbology, which is the connection between astrology and plants, and herbs, and, and herbalism. Flo- floral arranging, flowers, creating beautiful spaces, um, and tea blends that she has on her website that are specific to your zodiac sign. And we get into how she created and developed these different tea blends, and it's so amazing to hear. I've had so many moments in this conversation that I learned new things and learned new um, amazing information about how the moon truly does work with us and affects us and how we can work with the moon on such a deeper level. Um, And yeah, there's just so much goodness and knowledge in this interview. We did it in her beautiful backyard which was the perfect space for this lunar conversation (laughs) because we were talking all about um, the connection between it all and how, the plant world connects to the lunar world and how we're connected to the lunar world. And the more that we know, the more that we can navigate this beautiful universe in an intuitive way, in a flow state way, in a way that is really nourishing for our bodies and our souls. So if you love all things astrology, but want to hear something maybe a little bit different than you've heard about astrology, specifically pertaining to lunar astrology and how our moon signs are really incredible for transformation, then this is a beautiful episode for you. We also get into our our backgrounds and our connection with that, um, our lineage, where we came from, and how it influences our just deep appreciation for nature and our communion with nature and the cosmos and just so many synchronicities that you'll hear from us in this conversation. Um. Yeah, it was just so amazing to learn from Vanya and have this soulful conversation And it was just the best. We get into tea as well and how we can support um, our health through these tea blends and how it connects to our astrology. And Vanya also is gifting the Topanga Moon community 15% off of her website. And she sells these amazing blends on her website. And I had some of the Gemini tea and it tasted incredible, (laughs) and it was amazing, and it was really supportive of my communication and the aspects of my Gemini moon in such an incredible way, and you'll hear that throughout the whole podcast. We get into the signs, and we also talk about the astrology for the next coming months. So if you want to know what's happening in the cosmos in the next coming months, that we get into it in this episode i mean there's so many beautiful things that we talk about in this episode it's truly one that you want to listen to the full thing um you'll learn a lot and i just i just think it was amazing so i hope you enjoy this one once again she is gifting the topanga moon community um 15 off with the discount code topanga moon and i will share all of that in the show notes today on today's episode. So I hope you love this one. I really love this one. It was a perfect example of all things to Moon and what I love so much about this community. So enjoy today's episode with Vanya from Astro Bloom all right welcome everyone to the podcast this is topanga moon podcast and i'm here with vanya from astro bloom and i'm so excited because i'm in her beautiful backyard oasis right now that she's so beautifully decorated and created this just incredible environment and the energy is so amazing and we just did a little grounding and earthing um, and it's just such a beautiful day and it just I'm just so grateful to be in such a welcoming, amazing space with a beautiful soul. And new friends. So welcome, Vanya. Thank I'm gonna you. I'm gonna pass this over to you now.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Anna, so much. It's so amazing to have this conversation with you. I feel like we've already been through so much and we have so much to talk about, and I can't wait to get into it. And it's just really exciting to share this space with you and have you enjoy it. And yeah, talk about all things plants and astrology.
0: This is going to be amazing. So I want to start from the beginning. I want to hear about your upbringing. We have some connection there that we'll definitely (laughs) dive more into later on in the podcast. But I really want to know about the pivotal moments in your life what kind of brought you to this place now where you've created um, astro bloom and all of the beautiful offerings that you have but starting from kind of your upbringing and any moments along the way that were really um, signs that eventually you may be here in this place Um, even though i know as souls we keep expanding and shifting and pivoting but I always feel like there's always these breadcrumbs along the way in our journey to really signify some of the things that we'll be sharing here on this planet. So I would love to hear your story.
1: Yeah, so as we sort of discussed a little bit, you <laughs> yes. know, uh, I think generally I came from a very like immigrant uh, kind of household I was born in Bosnia and my parents and I and my sister fled to Serbia during the civil war when I was two and then um we moved to Canada when I was 10 and so there was a lot of change and like a lot of moving in my younger years there's always this like search for security and stability and I feel like that's very much kind of Um, it's shaped a lot of my decisions until recently, uh, you know, went to school for nutrition and did kind of like this safe, secure route that was sort of culturally ingrained in me to want, um, but always felt very unfulfilled by it. Um, and so I feel like a few years ago, really, and, and now thinking back on it, um, I started doing like floral art with dried mm-hmm. flowers. And ironically, like I started making these like moon shaped floral art wall hangings, just like, I don't know, I just had this obsession with the moon, but I didn't really even know why. Um, and it was really just a creative outlet and it was around my Saturn return because I was like, I knew intuitively that I didn't like fit into this role that I was in, but I didn't know how to break out of it. And I mean, I'm still working on that. (laughs) Like I'm still working full time, uh, as well as owning this business, but I'm, I'm peeling back the layers now. And when I look back on my childhood, it's like. There's so many moments where I've I've realized where like nature has been such an instrumental part of my life and kind of like shifting with the seasons and living with the seasons and living in like sync with nature and paying attention to sort of like the beautiful details and intricacies of nature. And I've realized now that it's all energetics and it's all like it's been very healing for me. And when I say nature, to me, like, that is also the moon and astrology. Mm. It's all connected. Um, You know, one of the things I remember most about my childhood is spending time in... She was kind of like my third grandmother because both, like, one of my grandmas passed away when I was really young. And the other one lived in Croatia and we lived in Serbia. So I couldn't really see her very often. And so one of my best friends, her grandma was kind of like my third grandma. (laughs) and she had this like amazing garden and I just remember spending so much time there and like learning all the things from her and doing like um Turkish coffee grinds like like reading uh basically like tea leaf reading um yeah like my mom always used plants and healing and things like that too um I think it's just kind of like culturally ingrained Mm -hmm. as well you know like chamomile when you're sick and peppermint tea and um my mom used to force me to like drink beet juice because I had anemia when I was a kid <laughs> like things like that it's like so, <laughs> Euro
0: herbal tinctures and all kinds yeah, of
1: yeah yeah so I don't know yeah does that does that kind of answer what yeah, like yeah okay definitely. yeah
0: okay, so I would love to hear a little bit more about the kind of beginnings of Astro Bloom okay. itself and what is it about astrology and specifically lunar astrology that really called to you, and was something that you felt strongly? Um, was really a beautiful teaching and guiding mechanism for all of us to really focus on those, you know, inner depths of our of our moon, our connection to the moon, and here on Tepanga Moon, like we're all about the moon and moon parties. So, you know, obviously, I know part of this answer, but. Um, And to really uh, share a little bit more about cultivating all of your creative unique expressions under one kind of mission, which is your Astro Bloom. Because not only do you have your lunar astrology readings, you offer floral arrangements and tea blends and all kinds of things that I think really beautifully go together. But it's such a unique expression for you specifically. So I'd love to hear kind of like what inspired that. Was it the flowers that came first? Was it the astrology? And why lunar astrology specifically really called to you?
1: Okay, so I'll try not to go on a tangent here. <laughs> um, but basically, I think essentially okay first of all the flower the flowers did come first but i think both of them have kind of been like this innate kind of almost like past life knowing and gift that i never i don't know how to explain it like it it just is like part of what i'm passionate about and i mean like i like like i mentioned earlier when we were talking you know like i like my i've always known like i was a virgo and that kind of stuff too like even when i was a kid like my mom was you know fairly into astrology still is um but basically like for me um the the whole basically like astro bloom idea i guess first of all the creative outlet came with those floral moons right and so it kind of began began with like using nature as a creative outlet and making like aesthetic things out of like random things I forage or whatever um or even like salvage like 50% off flowers at the grocery store and dry them and make art out of them because I felt like it was such a shame that they were going to waste um but then I would say that like the astrology piece really came in where I kind of I actually had a lunar birthday which is like the same um it's the same phase and sign of the moon when you were born um that like oh you know can occur uh and it happened right around the same time as like my solar birthday and i was born near a full moon as well and so for me for some reason this was like a really pivotal moment and it's kind of like i felt this weird awakening and kind of like a coming of age or something like that where i really started like i felt the energy and i became curious about it and i started paying attention to the moon cycles and so through for me like in astrology has really been a tool to heal and to sort of understand and accept parts of myself that I think I really like shut out for such a long time to conform to societal upbringing so like my (laughs) like my moon sign is is Pisces and so it's very like creative and emotional and sensitive and all of that kind of stuff like a lot of artists are, are pisces um sun sun or moon but um basically it was like it gave me the validation that i actually was this creative person who was trying to conform myself into a scientist and i still love like i am a light like a right and left brain person i still respect science and like i i do love you know even in herbalism learning about the medicinal properties and herbs and stuff like that but it gave me the validation to really like own this part of myself that I had kind of shut out for a long time Mm -hmm. and start to really understand some of those. Like when I started diving into my chart and understanding my moon sign and, you know, like the karmic journey of my lunar nodes and things like that, it was like the pieces of the puzzle started to come together and I started to understand like what my gifts are And what some of the challenges that I have been experiencing in terms of like limiting beliefs or um, just challenges that I've experienced in my life so far and like why they were happening or how they were a part of my unique blueprint. Mm. So essentially this ties into the mission of Astro Bloom because for me, like I mentioned, nature and astrology have been such a huge healing tool that one day I just kind of had like a random thought and it was because to me they were always separate and I couldn't really combine them together I was like why how do I make all of these things that I like like a business or how do I how do I make this my job in some way and one day I just thought like are plants and planets related like is there such a thing where like they would that they would be related in some way, and I literally googled that, and then I came across astroherbalism or astroherbology, and that's literally what founded the basis of Astro Bloom. Which is like my my mission through Astro Bloom really is to use the energy of plants and planets to help people decondition, like sort of that societal persona that they've had to portray to fit in or to achieve the things that they told they've been told they need to achieve Mm. and to become that like authentic, true version of themselves, which is what I call your lunar self. Um, Because I think really like your, your moon sign speaks to your subconscious mind. It speaks to your emotional needs and it's really what you need to address, to feel whole And to connect to your life purpose, which is your sun sign. And so that is why it's so important to understand the placement of your moon and how the moon in the sky currently affects you as well. Uh. Yeah. So it's like understanding this part of yourself that isn't always at the surface. It's not always conscious. And making sure that the needs of that part of yourself, which if we're talking about psychology, again, it's your subconscious mind. It, it contains your shadow, like as mm. Carl Jung called it. Um, so without addressing those parts of yourself and taking care of them, which like I wasn't doing for the longest time because I was like shutting out this creative part of me. I, of course I felt unfulfilled and not able to like connect to my life purpose because I wasn't taking care of what I emotionally needed, uh, which is that creativity and like that being of service and helping people heal and yeah, so
0: that's, that's kind of the story. <laughs> okay. I i have so many things that i want to talk about now because you just illuminated so much in that explanation um i would love to dive into astroherbology a little bit more because this is the first time i've really ever heard about it but it does make so so much sense i i was even talking about this in the my last podcast about certain flowers that only bloom in the moonlight or only bloom during a full moon and I know that we, I mean, even working in the ER, I remember how different things would happen on a full moon. I have my own full moon experience, um, which I did talk about on the podcast before. So our connection to, the, to our lunar and to the moon phases is so strong. And I really loved how you were talking about the shadow or hidden side of us, the subconscious side of us, that is connected to the moon side of us. And then you need to work through that for your sun Mm -hmm. side, if that's kind of how you're describing it. Now, so I want to get into a little bit more, how do we actually in maybe like a practical way, maybe it's through ritual or any kind of other practices connect to that lunar side or the phases or how do you specifically? And now I'm curious because I, uh, I'm a Gemini moon and a Gemini sun. So what about those people who have the same sign in both their moon and their, and their sun? Like, like, what are are, what's going on with us is what I want to know
1: okay so maybe I'll start with that one first because it's the freshest in my mind right now and you might have to remind me about the other questions because it was (laughs) multi-layered um so the Gemini moon and sun it kind of makes your life easier to be honest because it's usually like it means that what you want is also what you need kind of so it kind of helps you like tap into that easier right so there's just a bit more synchronicity in your emotional needs and how you connect to them to live out your life purpose if that makes sense okay but then like in a more practical way like how like you mentioned how do we connect well first of all how does the moon affect us so the moon like the current lunar cycles um affect us on a, on a basic level, really, like, we're talking about the gravitational, uh, like, pull, right? So, it's literally, like, if it, ha- if it has the ability to change the ocean, like, with mm-hmm. the tides, then we're 70% water. And actually, our limbic brain, which is, like, our emotional center, is, it contains the most water um, in our body. It's about wow. 80%. And so, I feel like there is a significance to that, where it's, like, clearly if it's affecting the ocean there's obviously there's no like scientific studies around this um and I know a lot of science people think it's like woo woo but I believe in it and I'm sure you do too (laughs) um so it's like it obviously there's this there's this like effect on that water in us at the same time like I think once you start paying attention to the lunar cycles like you begin to understand that like especially I think as as people who menstruate Mm. um you know the cycles are lined up they're 28 day cycles the lunar cycle is 28 days um the energy waxes and wanes like a moon does so like for example our society was very much built to be like a like a patriarchal we do the same thing every day our energy levels should be the same every day and like that's not the reality especially when it comes to to people who menstruate um and that's because our energy levels change with our hormones throughout the lunar cycle so like we're not meant to do the same thing on a new moon where like we're we're feeling maybe a like a bit more of that like initiation like energy and like we're we're kind of like setting our intentions and goals we're not meant to do that when the moon is in the dark phase when we're supposed to be resting and kind of like reflecting and drawing inward um and yeah once you start paying attention to those cycles you start to understand like where the moon is affecting you in your own chart and that really shows up in like if you journal on your emotions and things like that like you can really start to see kind of like the effects of that um but also in a more like astronomical sense like the moon reflects the energies of all of the cosmic bodies in the in the universe right so it reflects the light of the sun it reflects the energies of all the planets and so it's kind of like the moon currently in the sky is almost like a summary like it's a mirror back to us of the current energies in the universe but in our personal chart it's also that same mirror it holds up a mirror of the unique energies that were present in our charts when we were born and so that's that's why i think it's so significant to connect to your lunar self and to connect to the moon currently in the sky as well um and sorry, what was the other question um, was how
0: do we practically use yes. yes yes
1: okay so first of all maybe I'll, I'll mention sort of what is astroherbology um so basically if we think about like astrology is the relationship between people and planets mm-hmm. so each person when they are born their chart is a summary of the universal energies at that time right and then if we if we think about herbalism it's using plants either their like physical properties or their spiritual or like you know you can call them esoteric or energetic or magical properties to heal on like a soul or emotional level so things like flower essences homeopathy um literally like using plants in ritual um In ceremonies, all of that like that is another level of healing with plants, not just on that physical and medical or medicinal level. And then, astroherbalism really is bridging kind of all three of those things. And if we think about it as like a equilateral triangle, it sort of puts everything together. Um, And basically through astro herbalism what you would do there's actually a thing called medical astrology too which focuses more on the medicinal wow. properties of plants and but you can you can use plants like i mentioned you can use them on that holistic level so it's spiritual emotional and physical and so medical astrology mostly focuses on like the physical aspect but at the same time like there is that spiritual an emotional aspect ingrained as well and so basically what you're doing is you're taking a look mm-hmm. at someone's chart and the like each plant carries an energy and the energies actually mirror energies of celestial bodies in the universe so let's use nettle as an example so nettle is very like it literally stings you it's very prickly it's very like kind of um hot right like in that sense so it's a it's a mars it's a typical mars plant and so if someone had a very weak mars in their chart and they were kind of like lacking willpower and passion and drive then nettle would probably be a good plant for them because it would give them that mars energy that they are lacking So that's kind of how astro-herbalism is used on an individual level to help people like heal physically or emotionally or um, spiritually. Because basically like the the biggest thing about like astro-herbalism or just astrology in general is like the quote as above so below. Which literally says that everything that we experience on earth, like that's people and plants and animals. Like we're all a reflection of the energy in the universe. And so that is why that's literally the basis of astro herbalism.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um. (laughs) All right. This is so exciting for me. I feel like you just hit so many new terminologies and, and just, it's almost like intuitively you know this right like there's this feeling that of course you know plants have energy and all of those things but to combine it all into a practice astro herbology which is the first time i'm really hearing about it it makes so much sense and it's also so amazing and astounding to hear about and to really understand and to know that we can use that for our healing you know in a physical way and an energetic way and i just i mean even my science brain was just kind of going like so excited about all this and we're surrounded by all these beautiful plants and everything right now so i love i love everything that you're sharing and i think that it's so beautiful that you're offering all of these things that really do go together like everything that you've created with astro bloom makes so much sense go together in a beautiful way and is the perfect expression for who you are and and what you came here to share. And I just, I'm so geeking out right now. (laughs) So this is amazing. So now I want to jump into, because you have tea blends, and I think it perfectly goes into this, you know, and my question originally, and now I'm I'm kind of going to get the answer, um, was, is there an intuitive process when it comes to knowing which tea blends to create for each astrology sign. Um, So I'd love to hear about your process of making the blends. How do you connect to the herbs or the flowers that you use for each of the different zodiacs? Maybe you can like share like specific zodiac signs. And when it comes to our tea blend, should we choose our moon to, I don't know, purchase the blend or whatever it may be? So yeah, you can get into all of that. Let's talk tea, herbalism, all of the things.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Honestly, it means so much to hear you say that it all makes sense. Because for me, for the longest time, I was like, I like all these things that don't seem related and like, how are they connected? And that's actually why I like hired a business coach recently was because like when I rebranded, because my business was very like aesthetic, like art focused before and when i rebranded i was like i need someone to help me like phrase this like i need someone to communicate like what i'm trying to piece together because to me it all s- felt very disconnected but i think really like learning about astro herbalism it, it helped bridge that gap right and like i'm still i'm still learning both herbalism and astrology i think it's like a continuous process and um yeah for the t's basically uh what like i am a very left brain and right brain person and so I want like my number one thing for the teas was like I want them to be safe first of all like for consumption and to be like bathing in because they're, they're like a dual purpose um product so you can like I, I love using mine like I'll, I'll drink some and then I'll put like I'll literally steep some in my bath and like I'll bathe in it and drink it at the same time and that's sort of like my ritual practice but basically for me it was like first kind of like learning the basics of herbs and which ones like I've taken courses on sort of astro herbalism and like learning which which teas or sorry which herbs generally are associated with different planets and different signs and like how they help those signs um and then it was more of like narrowing down kind of like a list of herbs that you know were safe for both consumption and use and then it was more of an intuitive process from there um where yeah quite honestly I think it's more just like taking the time to ground before I like made blends and you know just kind of really just intuitively I don't know just putting some things together and and then just taking some time to taste them and experiment with them and like have a bath in them and see sort of like how it felt and just tune into the energy that way um obviously like in practice like when I am hiking or like when I'm gardening I also try to like pause and like take in the scent and like the energy and things like that with different plants um and just again like sort of earth with them or meditate with them and and kind of get because the biggest thing for me is like I always think that I'm going to be getting messages like um verbally communicated but I'm actually like I have like an emotional authority in human design I have a grand trine in water in my astrology chart I have a lot of water and so for me it's literally like how do I feel when I'm around these things and that's taken a lot of practice for me because I am a Virgo sun and I have a very like analytical mind (laughs) very science mind so it's taken a lot of practice to like tune into like what am I feeling um yeah so that was kind of the process behind the teas um and in practice like how I use them and how I connect with them is really through ritual so sometimes I am putting a little offering on my altar if I'm doing like a little new moon or full moon meditation Um, I love to work with water in my rituals so I'll often like leave an offering of the brewed tea sometimes I'll do both you know I'll I'll sprinkle some tea into the already brewed tea like to offer the plants themselves Um, like I said I do a lot of ritual baths so like baths for me are the best way to actually be able to meditate because I just, I have a really hard time like kind of quieting that mind. Right. So for me, water is like, so, so instrumental in any kind of meditative practice. Yeah. Um, And really like when, because I think earlier you had asked about, you know, how do we tap into that like subconscious side and our lunar selves and, and it is through like meditation. Right. Yeah. Because I know we both, Obviously, follow like Lacey Phillips and to be magnetic, and other teachers that that I love are like Joe Dispenza and Mm. like
0: Joe is my guy. Yeah, guy
1: (laughs) exactly. So much. Yeah. So, like, basically, our subconscious mind is what we manifest from, and in order to access our subconscious mind, we need to be kind of in that more meditative state. And so that's really how these lunar teas can help you access your subconscious because you, you use them when you are like a ritual for me is a meditative state, right? Like that is, I use those two interchangeably. Like a ritual is a form of meditation because you are are in that meditative state when you're doing it. And I usually couple mine with, you know, a meditation as well or grounding or just breath work or really depends on you know the mood that i'm in and it probably it depends at the end of it it depends on your moon sign and your chart as well because it's essentially all a form of Mm self-care right like it's a form of spirituality through self-care so that's really how you access the subconscious is through using the power of these plants that are suited to your moon sign and yes you would buy it for your moon sign that is sort of the intention behind it but of course you can still use the one for your sun sign because it's still going to like help you but most of the herbs in most of the teas are lunar herbs which means that they have an affinity for the moon because they're usually warming and moistening Uh, those are just like herbal energetics that uh, that go with the moon because they usually grow in moist places and things like that but um yeah so I mean you can use it for your sun sign too for sure but and I exactly yeah (laughs) so you're getting like two for one and I've had tons of people buy the sun sign and then be like oh shoot like I actually didn't even know my moon sign and so I need to buy this other one now it's all good like it's all gonna help you have every single sign in your in your chart anyway right but the specific purpose behind the product that i created is really for you know helping you nurture your emotional needs through connecting with the herbs that support your moon sign and help you sort of access that subconscious state um through using them in ritual or in meditation or however you'd like to use them really.
0: So let's take an example of like the Gemini moon. Mm -hmm. What kind of herbs are in the blend and what would they do to my, for my
1: moon? Yeah. Okay. So Gemini, uh, so a Gemini moon, they love obviously like conversation. They're very intellectual. They love to communicate, um, but sometimes, you know, there's that kind of, like, shadow aspect that I think is very, like, it's kind of, like, in in pop astrology or pop culture astrology, whatever. I don't know what you want to call it. But, like, you know how, like, people kind of personify certain signs in ways. So, like, the thing about Geminis is, like, oh, they're gossipy or whatever, right? Like, or, like, that's one of the one of the things that comes up. And so sometimes there can, maybe the more shadow aspects can be, like, Um, shape-shifting to try to fit in and so that comes off as like maybe not being entirely truthful or something like that or not being authentic in some way right um so really um the herbs in there are so there's skullcap which is a calming nerve vine. so really it's helping ground um the gemini overactive mind <laughs> and it also helps it's like an oath binding herb like it was used in like oath bi- oath binding ceremonies in the past and so it's really like to help cultivate like those trusting relationships with other people because gemini is all about relationships as well so it's helping you create relationships out of trust And connecting on that more like kind of authentic level to, you know, kind of push out those maybe shadow aspects that might come Mm up. Um, And then uh, there's lavender in there as well, which is just really a great like mercury herb overall. It's great for Virgos. It's great for Geminis as well. Um, It's just, again, it's calming. It helps you kind of like get more clarity and focus, but also just sort of soothe and, and relax and soothe that that overactive overactive mind um there's also meadow sweet in there which meadow sweet was actually used in a lot of like marital ceremonies in the past and it's kind of like a an herb of compassion and love um and so it it helps gemini's be more like compassionate in their because they love to also like like I mentioned They love to communicate and tell stories So it helps them be more compassionate in their Storytelling kind of like abilities mm-hmm. um, And then What else is in there? Oh yarrow Is in there and yarrow's one That's really good for a lot of signs Because it's basically just like a heal All herb It's, very, it's just basically like balm For the soul So that's just one that I've included in quite A few of them because it's just a really nice One to
0: have in there yeah oh my god i'm so excited to learn all of that it's so beautiful and i love that you really took the time to make sure that first of all everything is safe and really incredible for the body um you know that's integrity that's so important when you're using tea blends and then also just the reverence for the plants and how you connect with them and um, get very specific on the signs and the plants associated with the signs. I just love that you've taken the time to really intentionally create these blends for people's, you know, all around healing or ritual practices or just enhancing and enlightening their lives. Um, even having a tea practice is such a beautiful meditative practice to have especially during meditation. I love how you're chatting about doing your ritual baths and that's where you meditate and it makes sense. You know, the Pisces moon and, but just so much about water. Water is such a sacred, beautiful life force. You know, I talk about water a lot on the podcast because it is such an important part of us and connection and especially being so connected and tied to the moon. Water is life. Water creates life and it has so many beautiful healing abilities Um, and really goes into the whole as above, so below. Like what we do to our internal waters is what we do to our external waters. Um, So just everything about it is so beautiful. And I would love to hear a little bit more about this ritual bath that you create and how you have a whole bath that you created outside. (laughs) Yeah, you have to show me that. Um, And then I want to pivot into some of the astrology that we have coming up in the fall and the winter season. Because I feel like that's a time where we do go a little bit more inside and we have more of these ritual practices that are all about soothing and comfort and teas are such an amazing thing to have in that time and more of the like practices that we can do especially with whatever it is happening in the cosmos for us for the rest of 2021 so that's a lot of questions I'm sorry but there's just so much I want to (laughs) know
1: yeah so I'm so glad that you brought up water and the bath because it was another kind of like intuitive thing that happened and then I kind of got the clarity and answer around it after so I mean in general water's always been a huge thing for me like I've always felt this like inner yearning to live near an ocean or you know what like my grandma lives on the Adriatic so like there's also that kind of like nostalgic feeling around like going back to Croatia and visiting her and all of that Um, So I've always felt this like really big connection to water, but I've never really lived like on it, right? Like I've never lived super close to it. And I mean, like, that's definitely something I want to change at some point in my life. But um, for me, really, the bathtub was like, I need this in my life because I don't have a body of water around and... Like I just, I just want to be able to take baths outside <laughs> because it was like, especially I feel like in the winter, like I take so many baths inside and come the summer, like I obviously wasn't doing it as much before. And so I was like, why does that need to change? Like, I just want to manifest a, like a clawfoot bathtub and put it in my backyard. <laughs> so that's what I did. Uh, it actually, it was funny because my yeah, like my mother-in-law bought a cottage and they had a clothwood bathtub there. And she was like, yeah, like, we're not going to use it. So you could just have it. Man, it a yeah. <laughs> so, so really like water is, like you mentioned, it's such like a powerful element. And to me, like, I love all the elements, but water has a very special place in my heart. <laughs> and it was weird because I, I think I, I made these teas. Like obviously I've always have I've loved tea forever, but like, I think I really intuitively made these teas because of the water element, because of how healing it is uh, for me and has been. Um, and then I actually was listening to a podcast where there was this woman from California. She runs a business called Safari. Her name's B. And I heard her on the Our Nature podcast. I don't know if you've, listened to that one before but she actually does these like water safari kind of like meditations like so she literally takes people into the ocean and like does like these retreats with them where like they they meditate in the water and I connected with her and I was just like this is like this is why I feel so connected to water and this is why I have these ritual baths and it just it all made so much sense because it just like it is the creative element it's the element connected with the moon um it's really like that is one thing that i've really been trying to to tap into more is like connecting more with my feminine energy because like you know as we kind of already touched on like we're all taught to really live in that masculine energy of like and it has nothing to do with gender as as you know and i'm and, and i'm sure your listeners know too but like it's more about that like receptive energy surrendering to the universe and kind of like living in flow as opposed to feeling the pressure and need to like achieve or do things or um yeah so so that's why water's been so crazy instrumental for me and why like the ritual bath is just something that i like need in my life like if i'm ever having a rough day Um, that is like the number one thing I go to, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I mean, I obviously also use it like when I'm having a good day too. It's just, I, that's one like very much go-to practice in, in my life. So, yeah. Um, and then, sorry, you had asked about, uh, the astrology. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So there's a few things happening. (laughs) And so basically, I mean, this year has, so, I mean, this year so far, like the signature of this year has kind of been the eclipses in Gemini and Sagittarius and uh, also the Saturn Uranus squares. And so there's still one of each of those to happen in the fall. Um, and but before I get into that, there is that full moon in Aquarius that's coming up next week. Oh, man and it's actually one of two aquarius full moons so the last one was like end of july and what's what's weird about those is that the first one occurred in like the first degree of aquarius and the second one occurs in the 29th degree and so each sign has 30 degrees right so it's kind of like the final degree of aquarius and that makes it really like a turning point and it makes it kind of like the completion of what began with that last moon cycle um, and when we're thinking about Aquarius, there's a lot of Aquarius energy in general this year, right? Like yeah. the the whole great conjunction in Aquarius happened at the end of last year. And then we in February had like five planets, I believe, in Aquarius. Um, and so there's really like this kind of like energy of um, innovation and sort of like... Uh, creating a new world and with the full moons in Aquarius it's like the sun is in Leo right and the sun is shining a light on Aquarius and it's saying like how can we be authentic um, and to serve humanity how can we use our innate authentic gifts and our 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 uniqueness to serve humanity in sort of the creating this new innovative world right and I believe I think the the full next full moon actually like the the sun either like is in shifting right to Virgo like around that time so it's really like putting those things into action too because Leo's all about kind of that creative energy and like the ideas and and all of that but Virgo is much more grounded and practical and so it's more like let's get this stuff done right so let's get started and like actualize the things that that we sort of dreamed about or whatever right um and then yeah so then the the square with saturn and uranus is happening at the end of the year and that's really basically it's it's sort of an upheaval it's kind of like a great saturn is all about structure and sort of like the old ways of being and like systems and authority and all of that um and then uranus is currently it's in taurus and so that points to sort of like values and belief systems Mm -hmm. around values and that can be self-worth as well as like financial Mm -hmm. um right it's it's all about like it's all rooted in self-worth in the end to be honest but so it's really like kind of and a square is a challenging aspect so it's it's more like it's shaking up that maybe like old beliefs we might have had collectively around our self-worth or our finances or the things we believe we're worthy of or something like that like that's kind of that energy that we're dealing with with the square which is I think it happens on Christmas Eve. Wow. Yeah (laughs) and then yeah we have two more eclipses uh, as well but one of them is occurring in Taurus and Scorpio Uh, so there really it's it's kind of going to be focusing on using that Scorpio energy which is a, all about kind of like transformation and rebirth to make the changes that we are feeling called to make you know through that um in, in that Taurus realm that I just mentioned because um, Taurus actually doesn't like change and they're you know they're opposing signs and so you kind of have to use the gifts of scorpio to try to make slow and like steady change <laughs> um in in taurus uh and then the second eclipse uh which is happening i feel like i have to look at my notes because yeah, i can't remember <laughs> i believe it's uh in november sometime oh no okay so the the taurus scorpio one is yeah november 19th and then the Sagittarius and Gemini one which is the eclipses we've been having basically since mid last year um believe June 2020 uh this is the final one so it's kind of the completion on December 4th is kind of the completion of whatever started in June 2020 and it's really related to like communication in the ways we communicate it's related to relationships um it's Yeah, it's really kind of like using the gifts of Sagittarius to lean into um, new ways of communicating and new ways of uh, like living in that Gemini North Node. Because basically what eclipses are when they happen, which is why people like fear them so much and they're just like this like scary thing, is because they're knocking us back into our karmic path. Like they're getting us back on track if we have fallen off track of like where we're supposed to be. And so especially if your own lunar, like if your own lunar nodes are in either of those signs or in houses ruled by those signs, then it's going to be felt more for you personally. So, for example, I've been very much feeling the eclipses like everyone has, but I've been very much feeling the eclipses in Sagittarius and Gemini because, like, those my lunar nodes are in the houses ruled by those signs, for Mm -hmm. example. So, um, yeah, and then there was another thing I wanted to mention. Oh, yes, Uranus goes retrograde um, in August. No, it actually, you know what? It it, it kind of is, I feel like. It is. Um, I mean, it's still challenging, but it's it kind of gives it a chance to slow down, really, because Uranus is already such, like, eclectic, like, electric energy, right? And so it's very much, like, charging forward and just, like, disrupting everything. And so when it, get, it goes retrograde, it kind of gives us a chance to, like, slowly start to take the action on the change that we we need to take or that is being imposed on us and it gives us a chance to sort of maybe go inward a little bit and and yeah like put steps into action regarding the change that we need to make in our lives and so again it ties back into those like self-worth values or um, just those beliefs around value in general and that's happening on august 19th But it's also going to, um, join several planets in retrograde. And so there, it's very much a time of that introspection as well. And really like, you know, going inward to understand like, what is it that we do need to change and, and how do we do that basically? Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's in general, you know, the key things that I would, that I would highlight, um, Oh there was also a grand trine in earth signs which um I believe happens around the full moon. Yeah. But I found that interesting because it's kind of like earth is so much like it's very grounding and it's very practical and so it it I feel like it's the grand trine is essentially a gift, right? It's a it's like a very harmon it's the most harmonious aspect. And so having Mercury, the moon, and Uranus in this trine is really going to help us kind of maybe get more clarity like with or communication or messages or uh, like like intuitive downloads around maybe some of the ways that we have been feeling um, when it comes to the change that we need to make in our lives or the ways we communicate with others or um maybe how we communicate our self-worth shoot okay so i meant to say the grand trine is actually it's not happening during the full moon because that doesn't make sense because the full moon is an aquarius which is an air sign um no the grand trine is happening when uranus goes retrograde so it's really helping us with the whole energy of the retrograde which is again kind of taking that um time to go inward and sort of think about how we can make the changes and so it would be a really great time to do you know some meditations and sort of so this is august 19th again um to really understand you know like are there any kind of intuitive downloads coming with that alignment of mercury the moon and uranus <laughs>
0: beautiful explanation and just yeah there's a lot um i guess and it doesn't i mean whenever you hear about cosmic happenings it's like there can always be things we either like gain from it even if it might be like something that's difficult to go through at the time or something that really propels us forward and transforms us so it's just always ha- good to have a knowing of why certain things are happening i had a astrology reading recently for my birthday. And, um, she kind of mapped out the whole year for me and it wasn't the, (laughs) it was an amazing reading, but it, it illuminated and highlighted so many things and challenges that I was currently going through. And the only way that I could describe it is the energy around all of my creations seemed to be like not moving. And I didn't understand why I was like, but I'm, you know, I'm all, I'm doing the effort. I'm putting all the, you know, and she was able to explain to me what's happening in the cosmos related to my specific sign and, and all of my aspects and why I was feeling that and it was all correct. She yeah. was like, yeah, it's just going to have to wait a little bit <laughs> yeah. for things to start moving oh, for you. Um, it's, 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 yeah, oh, I, I don't remember the specifics about it, but it was... I think Uranus had a huge part in it. And you were talking about Gemini a lot as well. But um, it just career-wise, it really Mm -hmm. illuminated some of the things that are maybe like the best way to describe it is energetic blocks. Mm -hmm. And she really said that December, and maybe this is the time around that whole thing, Mm -hmm. the the event that you were talking about, the last square in December, is when things are starting to shift for me and when I'm... Going to see the light at the end of the tunnel, essentially, and where things will really pick up steam at that point. But in this, she's like, in the meantime, just kind of kick back and hang out because nothing's happening for you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, let's talk about our ancestral lineage because we have a connection in that. Um, I would love to hear about your experience, you know, in Croatia and Serbia and the places that are really sacred and special for you there Um, I know water is a huge part for me when I go over there Um, also if you're into astrocartography my moon line goes through Zadar where my family's from and the moon line is I mean we're talking about the moon so there's a deep connection for me and I've always felt this strong connection to spirituality over there Mm. which was very I mean even recently I was on the phone with my mom and she was saying how the ratio of witches to priests in our community is like three to one so there's like 300 witches to like 100 priests I'm like that is the weirdest fact that you just shared with me but okay (laughs) so yeah but I feel that connection and a lot of people in my family are herbalists or work with the land and work with you know healing with plants and it's just you know folklore and Mysticism, even though that they're very Catholic in Croatia specifically, um, the that kind of world is still so prevalent. And yeah, so I would love to hear your specific and personal experiences with with the culture and why it really connects with you. And and I think why we're connected so strongly.
1: Yeah, actually, so it's it's interesting because. Um, when I moved here when I was 10, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think we were talking about it, like, I really kind of, like, disassociated from the culture. Um, I sort of cut ties with it because I was going through a grieving process of, like, leaving everything and all of my friends behind, and and I was still very much a child, and I didn't know how to deal with that, and so I was just like, I just want to be like everyone else, and, like, I just want to fit in, right? And so even like throughout high school and most of my life like i haven't really connected with a lot of like croatian or serbian or bosnian friends um and it's only really recently that i've kind of like looking back on it i realized that there are so many things in the culture that like i do really connect with from my childhood and that i'm trying to kind of explore again um so for example like you know if, basically just things like using herbs to cure common ailments right like that is just something that my mom and my grandma and like everyone just kind of used and it wasn't like they were like they're not herbalists or anything like that but it's just part of the culture like using you know like if someone's sick like it's chamomile and peppermint tea like it's one or the other right or like literally garlic cures all or (laughs) um like just using even like like my mom used to literally force feed me like beets when I was a kid because I was anemic and uh, I had like issues with my kidneys when I was younger and so it was like eating a lot of asparagus and celery because they're like very good like for the urinary system and like your kidneys and they're they have that diuretic action right so it, it's funny because it was just like kind of like very common and and I was I never really thought twice about it um same thing with um you know like we would always kind of my parents drank a lot of like Turkish coffee you know it's a very Bosnian thing but it's sort of it's ingrained in in all of the cultures there um when you know I was growing up and we would always kind of like look at the coffee grinds after so like tassiography right Basically, like reading tea leaves, and that's something I've become like more interested in recently. And I'm kind of looking into getting some books on that and sort of learning how to do that as well. Yeah, so I mean, the other thing that I feel like is very ingrained in the culture is like that the salt water cures all, as well as garlic. I think I mentioned that earlier, but <laughs> um, so like for example, you know, I I go visit my grandma every summer, and we lived in Serbia, and she lived in Croatia, like on the Adriatic and so like as a kid you're like whatever climbing trees getting scratches cuts all sorts of things and it would always be like going like go in the water go in the more, like it's the salt's gonna heal everything and then like my mom's always had sinus issues as well for a really long time and whenever she's there like they're so much better because she's literally like snorting (laughs) seawater into her sinuses to like rinse them out or whatever so,
0: yeah, very much salt water cures all. <laughs> and yeah, just, I mean, there's just so much magic and healing powers within the waters there. And I think that they recognize that as a culture. And it's really a culture of, you know, I think self reliance and being connected to. They're very diverse, which I think a lot of people don't un- un- know, very diverse landscapes over over there in those regions. Um, and like everything that you were saying, like connected to the herbs and connected to um, healing through the land and using their surroundings to just... Basically, get everything that they need. Whether it be everybody has a garden in their backyard, or you go to you know swimming every single day and you get healed by the salt water, and and all those like you know things that we get told, but it is so powerful, um, and it is so amazing that we have that connection to such a sacred and beautiful land, and its beauty is so amazing. But I think the symbolism and the, that connection to the earth and um. just yeah the amazing things that are over there is just so amazing and wonderful um, yeah this has been such a beautiful conversation and it could go on forever and you'll just have to come back on the podcast or maybe start your own podcast so I can listen in um, I just thank you so much for all of the knowledge that you've shared and um, just all the things that you've beautifully articulated and just shared with your heart on this podcast and it's been such an amazing conversation and to meet you and to bring me into your garden it's been such a treat and i've had the best time so thank you for being on the podcast um and where can everyone find you and connect with you and how are the ways that they can connect with you
1: first of all thank you so much for having me like you said I feel like I could talk about this forever there's so much more we need to discuss (laughs) so definitely we'll need to revisit this conversation uh yeah so thank you so much for having me on the podcast it's been my first podcast experience and I really really enjoyed it and I feel like we could talk forever and ever and like never run out of things to say (laughs) So I'll definitely have to revisit the conversation. Um, But yeah, where to find me? So astrobloom.ca has, you know, all the information around my services, my your lunar self reading that I mentioned earlier, uh, which is a full like astrology reading, but it's very much focused on sort of understanding your karmic path in this life understanding how to nourish your moon sign and sort of connect to that part of yourself basically i give you like a self-care menu that's personalized to your full chart as opposed to just your moon sign because it is important to understand all of the aspects even though your moon sign is such a huge part there's you know there's other pieces that we need to take into account if we want the full experience Um, And then you can also shop the teas on there as well. And I'm going to be re-releasing my dried floral art collection. Actually, I'm going to be making um, specific designs for each moon sign. Made with like medicinal herbs and flowers that some of them I've foraged myself and dried and some of them i've grown from seed and all of that so i'm going to hopefully be releasing that like in the fall winter uh, so that'll be on the website as well and then yeah so instagram is the other way to really just connect with me if you have questions or just want to chat and
0: it's astrobloom.ca Amazing. thank you thank you and thank you for all of you tuning in and listening to Topanga Moon Podcast.